Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Podcast Demastered. I'm Wade, and I'm here with Chelsea, as always. Uh, This week, we have a pretty special episode for you. Uh, This is an episode that has been long in the making (laughs) for Chelsea and (laughs) I. Um, (laughs) Together, we undertook a pretty big challenge, I think, pretty invested a lot of time into this um but we have mm-hmm. both reread well i reread and chelsea i guess finished yes the inheritance cycle books written by christopher paolini for those of y'all who are, are like i don't know what that is it's the aragon books <laughs> if you mm-hmm. ever read those like growing up and stuff um we've been working on this for quite a while i think right i can't yeah. even remember when we started yeah, I feel like we planned this a while back, and then we, like, really got going and just started, like, plowing through them. Mm-hmm. Now, this time, we both uh, decided to do the audiobooks, which I thought was really the best option for the situation. I think it was a really good option for this. Like, the uh, the recordings mm-hmm. for these were, like, well done. Um, yeah. It got to the point, because there is so much to listen to, I think there's about, like, <laughs> about 100 hours... <laughs> to listen to at least yeah (laughs) it was one of those things where like i looked forward to every time i got to get in the car Mm -hmm. from my drive to work or put my headphones in and like work on something well i can i can listen to this book um and usually i'm a big like no i need to read Mm -hmm. i love to read and i was just not used to audiobooks at all when we started but now i'm like i'm there for it i'm i'm ready for all the audiobooks yeah, I feel like for me too, like audiobooks, I really haven't gotten into them except for like the last couple of years, but it's such a, another great way to consume content. And yeah, like you said, this worked out really well for the inheritance cycle. And I think we both talked about that we even uh, listened to this while we played Dreamlight Valley at times too, because we're just playing a chill game and just absolutely has mm-hmm. something really interesting to listen to. And yeah, you mentioned that, yeah, I, I had always thought like I had read most of the series when I was younger, but I realized I had only ever read the first two books. And I was like, oh, okay. So clearly I missed out on a lot. Missed missed out on all the good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I think too, it was just, I I struggled reading these books. I think I remember just because like, not that they're not interesting, but they're really dense. And a lot of times, because like, not that like, there's a problem with what Christopher Paolini does, but like, he spent so much time, like, he, he really invested himself and, like, consumed himself in his own world, creating these different languages, like, really focusing on all these minute details. And some of that just really can really bog you down and slow you down reading. At least for me, because at some yeah. point I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, am I reading John Steinbeck with Grapes of Wrath and that, like, turtle chapter? I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't handle this. <laughs> These, but going these on big, for like chapters these big fantasy books like sometimes they're just you know they're a lot they're not just take everything at face value and just move on with your life it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of remembering and understanding and you know because it's a whole other world and or set of languages and things terms and mm-hmm. stuff like that that you have it, the book assumes that you know these things so it's best just to get them down before you move on because else you'd be like wait what was that that term what did that mean you know like yeah oh. yeah excuse me yeah <laughs> yeah so true but i mean i think listeners if you are probably around our age and you probably 
grew up with these books. I feel like, you know, these books were a really big deal. And I think one of the reasons that these books were like, were also such a big deal was because of how young the author was when he wrote the first one. Like, it was quite impressive. I think what he started it when he was like 16, 17 writing it. Mm -hmm. And then he released it like, what, a year and a half or two years later. Yeah, he's like 18 or 19 when it when when the when that book actually released for the first time, which Mm -hmm. just think about where you were, what you were doing at the age of 16. (laughs) Were you writing uh-huh. a big fantasy novel? Probably not. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and he continued to write these books for about 10 years. Yeah. And just that's an undertaking. Yeah. And so many levels. And also just because, like, because I remember, like, he, uh, his parents, I think it was like a self-published book, like the first, first Aragon, or like the first book titled Aragon. And then it was quickly picked up by a publishing company who then was really invested in it. And then, yeah, he really churned these out. I think what it's like every three years, he released it, another one. And then it was kind of like done with that. And we've seen a couple, well, at least one like kind of collection of short stories has popped up within the last couple years. The Tales from Allegasia came out in 2018. And then we are actually getting a new book later this year. Heck yeah. I'm so pumped. (laughs) Yeah. What is it like November? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure it comes out, like, just moments away from my wedding. So, um, (laughs) I have something to do on my honeymoon. That's not just my honeymoon, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that should be fun to read. And it's, I think it's cool, too, because, like, I feel like this, like, world and stuff is just, like, so fresh on our minds just because we have gone back through it all, or me, for, like, mostly the first time and everything, and then just surprise a new book we get to check out later this year but i mean okay the first book came out in 2002 so this series has been around for a while and because it's been for around for a while we are going to be covering spoilers in this episode so oh yeah we're going we're not we're yeah. not holding back if you haven't finished <laughs> yeah, no. the series um maybe go do that first uh or mm-hmm. you know read you know find a summary somewhere so you can keep up uh because we might yeah. be uh we might be moving through it quite a bit mm-hmm no apologies here. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, let's see, what other background can we give besides like the most simplistic like summary of oh, man. the entire series? Well, like, so the books takes place in a in a land called Allegasia. It's your typical high fantasy stuff. You got your humans, your dwarves, and your elves. Nothing new there. Whatever you know about those species is probably true. In this too, they don't. He doesn't really shake up, shake up the mythos on those creatures. Not really. Mm-hmm. But he also introduces dragons, and dragons have a pact between the humans and the elves, where they can, like new hatch, dra- newly hatched dragons, can kind of like perform like a soul bond, kind of mm-hmm. with with a human or an elf, depending. And then together they become dragon riders. And then those dragon riders kind of like keep the peace in the world between the races and, you know, they help. That's their whole thing. They, they're they not just like police. They're there to help the whole world. Mm-hmm. But then a time comes where one of the dragon riders, his dragon dies. He kind of goes crazy. Um, he starts this big war, this big like kind of civil war within the dragon riders. Um, kills pretty much all of them. And then takes the entire land of Allegasia as his kingdom. And then he he becomes an evil king. Yep. And then a hundred years later, that's where the story starts. Mm-hmm. 
Which starts with our main character, who is actually named Aragorn. Aragorn. And he... Not Aragorn. That's a different character. <laughs> yes. Different person. Different series. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Aragorn, our main character, who is what at the time of the first book? Like 15? Sounds right. 16? Yeah. Something like He's that. He's typical, and... typical protagonist age. Yeah. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, doing his own thing, just, you know, very simple life, like farm Living boy. Out in the sticks. Yep. You know, and of course, we also don't know who his parents are. He's, he doesn't Raised know who his parents his are, uncle. and he's living with his uncle. uncle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, the, and his cousin, Roran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Roran. Yes. <laughs> and so and then his, his life is very basic. He doesn't even know how to read, this poor boy. Mm-hmm. He knows his numbers. But he knows how to hunt. Yeah. And he knows mm-hmm. how to hunt. He is the family hunter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, he goes on like week-long excursions into the mountains um, mm-hmm. in order to bring back food for this family. They, they have like a big farm, but he goes out, he goes out to hunt while his, un- his uncle and his cousin deal with the farm. In one of his trips out to the mountain, he finds a stone, we'll call it. A pretty yeah. stone. A pretty stone. You know, might be worth something, yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, he takes it. And, and, and this mountain is known for like, like people don't go to the mountain like ever because weird things happen there's always monsters and beasts and stuff but you know Aragon's like that's ah, fine i'll deal with it it's fine so he comes back with the stone and the few people that like learn about the stone are like deathly afraid of it because they're like you don't know where it came from you found it in this mountain what are you doing with it you are stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> you're bringing trouble to our town yeah <laughs> and lo and behold he brings trouble to their town <laughs> Uh, yep (laughs) and that that's like that's a good plot synopsis to this entire series (laughs) he brings trouble wherever he goes he does he is trouble that's what he is yes but he well isn't that yeah yeah go ahead go ahead i was gonna say well we haven't even introduced that character but i'm like that's what severe jokes about throughout the whole entire series is every time i leave you alone trouble finds you and aragon's always just like well you're always here too and she's just yeah. like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not me. I am perfect. I don't like, know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I can leave and I'm fine when I'm gone. But you, uh-huh. <laughs> you'll you, always get yourself you. into trouble and I always have to save you. <laughs> you tiny little human, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have but. enemies. Why not just eat them? You humans. I don't understand yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Why talk all the time? Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, sassy Safira. Oh, mm-hmm. Sassy Safira is best Safira. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, so that stone that Aragon found, surprise, a dragon egg. Indeed. And then when he touches, was it actually when he touches Safira, was when he touches the egg, then like the magical bond is formed where he gets the like mark when he on touches, his hand. I think it's when he touched the egg because, okay, yeah. like, because Safira, like, like Safira knew that Aragon was there and it's, I love I, lo- I kind of love this aspect that the the dragon eggs they don't hatch for anybody and mm-hmm. they can just they'll stay in their egg indefinitely until they find the person that they know they're supposed to be with be with um mm-hmm. so they can be they can they choose when to hatch and as long as they're in their egg they're fine you know mm-hmm. um but Safira feels Aragon and hatches crazy hijinks ensue as he tries to raise this little baby dragon without anybody (laughs) finding out that he uh has a dragon um (laughs) and with very little knowledge to begin with about what to even do with dragons how do you Mm -hmm. even care for Mm -hmm. them 
and and the you know like he knows that they know that dragons are things like this is not this huge revelation maybe that like there are still dragons that exist i suppose but when a dragon comes out of the egg he's not exactly like (laughs) shocked that (laughs) dragons exist like this is not news um yeah it's just that nobody expected there to be any more dragons because the king galbatorix has killed them all mm-hmm. and nobody expects one especially in their little tiny area of their country mm-hmm. carvajal area where mm-hmm. nothing ever comes yep so far away from like the main kingdom area that like the army never visits there's <laughs> they're really just left mm-hmm. on their own <laughs> yep luckily for aragon <laughs> mm-hmm. well for now for some time for some yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we got he's raising the dragon over the course of you know several months he's raising the dragon life is good and then Saphira starts to talk with him <laughs> like in his head they yeah. he finds so, that they me? can yeah. <laughs> they can they share thoughts which is just a core part of being a dragon rider uh, you're bonded with your dragon and your minds are connected which was something i always loved and really, this connects to, like, the whole, like, magic system in, in mm-hmm. Allegasia. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how it works anyway, um, but we don't have to touch on that for now. Um, but, you know, it's a lot easier to, like, raise a living being when you can communicate with them. Yeah. So. Well, it's also so interesting, too, with being like that they share thoughts and everything, because it's also just not, like, all words. And he's, But he's almost, like, teaching her how to speak his language as well, mm-hmm. but also, like, through, like, images and stuff. And it's also funny, too. Well, it's not only funny, but, like, Saphira will only know what Aragon knows. And as they learn more, both of them learn more than they mm-hmm. get to add more because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, think how smart you would be if there were two people learning for the same brain, basically. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's crazy. Wild. Um, but, yeah, the fact that they don't they don't just exchange words. They can, they can send each other mental images, feelings, you know, like, mm-hmm. or if one of them is fe- uh, feeling a particularly strong emotion, <laughs> that yes, tends can... to bleed over into the other one, much to the annoyance of the other one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Those, those always lead to some, some good scenes there. <laughs> uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> but, I mean... I feel like it would take hours to talk about the entirety of the story, but basically... That's that's kind of where it starts, yeah. Yes. And then it's all just basically overarching, just learning how to be a dragon rider, learning magic, meeting new people, different races, and taking down the king. Mm-hmm. His like responsibilities for being a dragon rider, what that means for him and the people around him. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a huge, like, coming-of-age story, but, like... I feel like it goes well beyond that too. It's not just as simple as <laughs> as that. It's like it's a whole thing. Aragon is giving given a prophecy um halfway through the book. Um and that prophecy mm-hmm. sticks with him the entire series of the books. Yes. And I think that's something that's really interesting to mention and also like what is was done pretty well in the series is that Christopher like does a good job of like bringing back callbacks. To things that has happened like he actually remembers what he wrote 
and like piecing things together and being like, remember this conversation? I was like, okay, so we actually are going back to this conversation or back to, yes, everything coming together with with a prophecy or certain characters you meet that do actually show up later on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's that like one woman with like what her daughter or whatever that appears later on again. I was like, okay, good. We were going to see them again. We don't get all the answers about everybody, but Mm -hmm. there are certain things that are brought up. Yeah, there's it's I appreciate that. There's no retcons. There's no like messy uh, explanations. I felt anyway. I felt um, Mm -hmm. it's just really cool how like it's a whole cohesive story. It's all right there. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go elsewhere to figure this out. And then like, oh, well, that makes more sense now. Like, nope, it's all right there in front of you. He hands it all to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also another thing to mention that's kind of interesting about the series is that I feel like because for most like a good portion, I feel like of the first book is mainly through like Aragon's perspective or like what you're seeing, what he's doing. But then you start like, I think a little bit later on in that book, and especially in the later books, like you get to see what's going on with a lot of other people. Yes, absolutely. That are involved mm-hmm. and, and really getting like more insight into their lives from Roran, Aragon's cousin to... There's a few spots where you're with Safira. Just yes, a few spots. Yes. And like quite a few other characters. Naswada. Yes. Naswada at the in, in the last book there. Um, those mm-hmm, are some especially. really good chapters too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's not like, even though it's mainly like Aragon's story and everything, like we do get glimpses into plenty of other characters' lives. And I feel like a lot of the characters are like really like fully developed. Like we really, like you can like read along and see like Aragon grow as a person, but we follow so many other people as well who mm-hmm. grow into their own roles. Absolutely. And it's a pretty big cast. It's not like a, it's not a Game of Thrones level cast where like there's a million and a half people to keep track of and then like everybody and three fourths of them die anyway. Um, it's not like that. It's, there's mm-hmm. there's a bunch of characters. They all have different roles and they come up a lot. Like you never have to like, if you meet a person, you're going to meet them again several more times. Mm-hmm. Like they keep the yes. cast pretty close together. Mm-hmm. they're never like scattered really they're they're all they're all there more or less yeah a lot of them just become such like a tight-knit group like almost like kind of a found family in some aspects too because mm-hmm. we're just like they're so intertwined in each other's lives and yeah i don't it's like oh what character should we talk about next <laughs> I, th- first, I mean, I, should we yeah. yeah just let's just go down the list and kind of yeah. introduce everybody and their their role within the world mm-hmm I mean, we've we've talked about Aragon and Safira already, mm-hmm. so I don't think there's a whole lot more to go in about them. They just continue to grow and get stronger and rely on each other <laughs> a lot for, yes. for all the little things and the big things. And Aragon learns to worry about other people too, because mm-hmm. be, as he grows more powerful, he's afforded that that luxury of being able to take care of other people. Yeah. That really becomes his, like, real purpose in life that he realizes, yeah, that he needs to take on all these responsibilities. And then, so next, you want to talk about Arya? Yes, let's talk about Arya. And Arya is a character that I feel like becomes so much more fleshed out as you progress through the series. You learn a lot more about her and stuff, and I feel like you learn so much about her in the later books. I feel like at the beginning, I feel like I'm like, she's just there, except she's just, like, the the elf that Aragon is like she's hot I'm in love with her yeah like, and we have to be together and that's yeah that's one of those things like she Arya is beginning from page she is important from the very first page mm-hmm. she is the elf 
who one she lives outside of the elfin kingdom so she hasn't been home in like 50 years something like that um she works with like the rebel group the varden uh she goes between the elves and the varden and humans um and she carries safira's egg Mm -hmm. from group to group and town to town and and allow the children of those places to try well you know to touch the egg and see if they bond with Safira because they're trying to get Safira to hatch um, so they mm-hmm. can raise a rider to hopefully overthrow the king. Um, and at the very beginning of the first book, Arya gets attacked by Galbatorix's men and she is forced to to send Arya's or uh, Safira's egg out, um, which is, you know, she teleports it away, which is how Aragorn gets his hands on it. Mm-hmm. But and this is this is there's some spoilers here. During this initial fight at the very, very beginning, Arya loses her her lover, question mark? I guess you'd call him? Yeah, that's fair. Which, which is not explained at first, but mm-hmm. explains why Arya is the way she is for, like, the first half of the story. Like, the first, at mm-hmm. least whole two books, you know? Arya is, she's all business. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a job to do, she's going to do it. Um, she doesn't mind emotions like she's not like that emotionalist person where she just shuns everybody but it's you know there's a limit because i have a job to do and for a while aragon cannot get over that (laughs) yeah (laughs) that poor boy um but you know he's a normal 15 year old boy it it is what it is and she's very gentle with him too she doesn't she doesn't ever just push him away she tries so many times (laughs) and he's just like not having it because he doesn't he just doesn't understand like other people <laughs> that much better um not he's not being aggressive he doesn't push himself on her but like he just won't let it let it down yeah he's like i don't care i love you <laughs> and she's just like back and be with me <laughs> and she's like um i'm 70 and you're like 15 you're a baby like, and we'll just like so we'll never be there and he's like come on baby age ain't nothing but a thing <laughs> um but you know she does she does she sometimes she she uses her words sometimes she's just like i am clearly a distraction to your like Mm -hmm. main responsibility so i will distance myself from you and as the series goes on they have they have some nicer moments you know she's always there for him if if he needs her but it's not until you get into into the, into the third book mm-hmm. where Aragon gets to gets to know more about her backstory because they go to the Elfin Kingdom. Um, but it's it's even after that though where Arya finally kind of lets her walls down with him, um, mm-hmm. and she says like I am this way because I I had a person and I lost that person because of all of these crazy things that are going on and I and I haven't been able to like deal with that yet. So you becoming involved with me is just, it's just not going to happen because then it would be unhealthy for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think and that's when like, it really changes for Aragon. He starts to understand her a lot more. Yeah. Like, and then they definitely grow a lot closer in that sense because of having that understanding. But it's, I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's still a struggle for him because he's still like, I'm still in love with you, but I understand I'm, I need to grow up from this and understand where you're coming from with things. Mm-hmm. And by learning more about Arya and stuff, it's also interesting, too, because, like, with the whole premise is, you know, like, the Varden with, obviously, like, the next writer and stuff, like, everybody wants to take down Galbatorix. 
and like end his reign and like for Arya with her transporting Saphira's egg back and forth and like basically her whole her whole life has been to like her job was that she wants to over, like help overthrow Galvatorix and like get rid of him and her mission is to do what she can so like there's stuff towards like later on in the series where it's kind of like well what are you going to do after and she's like I've literally never thought of that like this has been my whole entire life yeah like it's like fighting that question is not important yeah. until until like, we get to that yet. point yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like ask me afterwards maybe i'll tell you because maybe i'll know yeah although i love her ending though mm. for the most part i love where <laughs> she's at at the ending but we can well let's yeah. let's let's not talk about that quite yet okay because her ending gives we'll away like to... everything <laughs> everything <laughs> everything oh so we have our main elf yes now we and then we have our main dwarf we have Ulrich, who takes Aragorn in. I know, he's a cool yeah. guy, isn't he? He takes uh-huh. Aragorn in the moment that Aragorn gets to the Varden. They spend the whole book trying to like meet up with the rebel army called the Varden, who are being housed by the Dwarven kingdom, so they can stay hidden from Galbatorix, mostly. Um, and the second Aragorn gets there, Ulrich is like, he's mine. We have him. <laughs> he's ours. Yeah. And Ulrich is the son of the Dwarven king, Hrothgar. And after some conversations and some things that Aragon does for them, Hrothgar adopts Aragon into his clan as his son, which makes mm-hmm. him and Ulrich um, foster brothers. Yeah. And I love, I love that because Aragon had a brother, sort of, his cousin Roran. Mm-hmm. But there was always a very fine line between the two of them, especially after events that happened. About like, <laughs> you're not really my brother, you're just my cousin, you yeah. know. But Ulrich was ready to take Aragon in, and he takes care of Aragon, and Aragon takes care of Ulrich. And him being like, he's he's essentially a dwarf, the way that dwarves see it. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of Aragon's thing. He's there to unite all the races, just based off of him being himself. And that goes a huge long way into into that part of it. Yeah, and I... I just love his character so much, too, because, like, with Aragon and Saphira, like, they do have that special bond. Like, you know, they're, like, companions, like, more than friends type thing. Like, they have that, like, unique relationship. But then for him to have friends or, like, you know, that, like, other relationships, that, like, brotherly relationship outside of that is wonderful to see with, like, Ulrich and that how they grow so close together and how they confide in each other and they help each other deal with what's going on in their lives and how... They're not just companions in that aspect, but, like, they both fight together. Like, mm-hmm. like, they're more than just, like, you know, oh, simplistically there and help each other through the times because, like, Aragon has to help Ulrich deal with lots of stuff going on with the dwarves and stuff that happens on later in the books and being there to support him. But then when Ulrich takes on all those responsibilities that he still believes in that, that they are foster brothers and that he is there for them. He and in, in just he insists that no matter, no matter what higher responsibilities Aragon or himself end up with, mm-hmm. they are brothers and they are there to support each other. That's just and and that and and it even seems like that's that's Ulrich's main concern at that. Like it's like yeah. I'm not gonna betray you for my people, and I'm not gonna betray my people for you. Like it's it's everything. Mm-hmm. Which you know, and their their relationship continues to expand, um, even into Ulrich becoming the king of the dorms, doors himself. Um, 
so like and 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 you think well that really puts Ulrich in a tough spot uh no not really just because of how it all happens but yeah well and i think also when he becomes like the dwarven king like he even experiences that like everybody treats him differently but the only person who doesn't treat him differently is his foster brother aragon mm-hmm. and so they're able to like because both of them are going like with aragon also being a dragon raider people also treat him differently as well but those closer friends and those relationships he started out with like those people didn't really change around him so he's still able to keep that like real relationship going that real right. bond that was really Ulrich's relation or aragon's relationship with Ulrich is one of the like it's one of the best relationships in the series because, like, mm-hmm. with Saphira and Aragon, it's like, well, yeah, they've been, like, bonded yeah. body and soul it's together. Expected, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to work out just fine. But, like, Ulrich's relationship with Aragon is very natural. There's nothing that forced them together. There's nothing that... There wasn't, like, honor-bound um, obligations that, like, made these things happen. It was all choice. Mm-hmm. Choice and choice and choice that from both of them that led into how they were together. So, yeah. Yes. Wow. Shall we move on to Roran? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Katrina. Yeah. Roran. Now, and I, and I think Aragon and Roran, Roran's uh, relationship also, like, it was fine. And then it got really complicated <laughs> to nobody's fault. But, like, wow, that was something. Yeah. It's wild. Like, he turned out to be, like, a really interesting character because i feel like when you start the series you're just like oh aragon has a cousin his name's roran okay and he kind of like goes off to do his own thing to like kind of grow up and learn a trade but then you're like wait we get to stick with him throughout the whole entire series like mm-hmm. we get to follow him along and i mean yeah like they kind of have that initial relationship at the beginning they're just cousins that live together kind of almost like brotherly like but after roran's dad gets murdered because the uh, the king had sent men looking for Aragon and Saphira, who they thought was still in an egg. And yeah, he gets very mad at Aragon and hates him because it's like your fault. You brought this on the family and then you ran away like you're a coward. Well, yeah, because because how it all happened, like the, the soldiers came to Palancar Valley to look for the egg and things really ramp up from there. Uh, they find the butcher Sloan and mm-hmm. Sloan is like, oh, Aragon, this kid, he has that egg. I saw it. Like, go go get him. Please don't mess with us. And they just kind of, the soldiers start this attack on, on the town. They go to Aragon's family's farm, burn it down, killing Aragon's uncle. Um, and Aragon is forced to flee with uh, Saphira and Brom, who is like the town's like storyteller. Mm-hmm. Old man storyteller. More on him later. Yes. So to Roran, because and then Roran came back after the fact and just found out like, yeah, <laughs> this isn't modern day. Didn't just get yeah. a text or a call. Yeah, like. he he came back later. It's like my dad is dead. Our our home is our family home is destroyed, and yeah, my everybody. Yeah. yeah, and it's Aragon's fault, and he's not even here to be mad at because he ran away. Um, and all the villagers are cursing him too, just mm-hmm. you know, because family. Yeah, and then being like you're going to bring more upon, which actually does affect the rest of the and, town. <laughs> and immediately, they, and of course, because because the uh, because the king knows now that Aragon had Saphira, he sends more soldiers to there, and they and they continue to attack. They they bring the um, the creatures known as the Razak with them, mm-hmm. who are just like demented, evil, nasty creatures, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they're like demanding 
Roran, not Aragon, because they know Aragon's not there anymore. They want Roran so that they can use Roran as a as bait, as a bartering chip to get to Aragon and Saphira. Um, and the village is kind of like, nah, like we don't really want to give Roran up because that's not really going to put an end to our problems. Mm-hmm. And Roran's just kind of sitting in the middle of that, like, <laughs> like well, I don't know I what don't to don't do. Really, yeah. It's like, I don't like, really want to be taken, but uh, I don't know. And then like every, he... I, we're all dead regardless. Cause they're not going to let, the, yeah. they're not going to let these people live after, you know, even if I go quietly. So yeah. they start a small resistance against the army and end up having to just full scale flee, pack up yeah. the village and leave. And that's just such a, big like huge turning point for Roran as a character like it's like a switch goes off in him where like during this time he just like it's like I have to do something about this and like this is like kind of my fault because like this stuff's happening to the village and they want to protect me like I need to do something so he like basically takes charge and like is able to just like corral and like rally everybody together and he's just like I brought this upon myself this is my responsibility I'm gonna fight the hardest I can and I'm going to make sure we all survive through all this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like his journey of starting off as being this huge leader. <laughs> and, and, and not really a willing leader, too. Like he just. Yeah. Because it's everybody starts to look f- for him mm-hmm. like to lead. And he's like, somebody, I don't yeah. what? like I'm not that person. Hi, I'm like 15 years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, he because he like he shows himself in battle and gets lucky a fair few times and um understatement <laughs> and you know the the razak come and they they run off with his girl um the butcher's yes. daughter which is mm-hmm. really why he left to begin with he wanted to go after the razak to get her back and that kind of sets up like the goal of his initial journey to get mm-hmm. the people out of the valley first off so they're not slaughtered but also to hunt down the razak to get katrina back um but he he becomes he becomes a whole different character mm-hmm. throughout you know he doesn't just build himself up he just he completely transforms into somebody new yeah like it's basically because of like the situation he's in he's like well i have to adapt basically and and this is what i have to do to survive because yeah like his love for katrina like this is like like the relationship i feel like in the whole series that is like the ultimate like romantic relationship this is like everybody's like believes of like top tier the greatest like romance ever and it's what like this is what Lauren (laughs) strives for that's all he thinks about is her he's there yeah 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 he's he's doing this to save her Mm -hmm. and giving her the best life possible Mm -hmm. that's his whole thing but he's just thrown into battle after battle and it's just Wow, he just turns into. <laughs> I don't think this poor man like doesn't sleep from the minute he like gets back to Carvajal for the first time. And uh-huh. he's like he is constantly wounded and he never gets to sleep and everybody just sucks around him and <laughs> yeah. he's like the poor man is like counting the number of people he's killed because it bothers him so badly. Like mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. Yeah. And then Aragon's just off on a on a nice little high fantasy adventure with his new dragon bestie yeah <laughs> and there warren's on the ground really fighting those yeah <laughs> those brutal battles but man yeah and then he just turns into quite like the leader in the sense of just 
he always comes up with these really crazy but so like intelligent like ways of like defeating their enemies mm-hmm. and like and then he's just like it has to work it's just, it's just gonna have to be <laughs> yeah from like what like the rafts that go down like into the <laughs> that one like he's got village. he gets it he gets it to a siege like you got two days to like end this siege um or like mm-hmm. don't bother coming back basically <laughs> it's like well i've only got one plan so uh <laughs> we're gonna do you it can either like you can either do this with me or uh we're all gonna die so yeah oh my gosh and, and then, then it how works many times and everything is fine. Yep. And his <laughs> well sp- speaking of like that particular battle cuz that's the one where like they're all camped outside that like that t- huge town and the those that army comes they're like oh. and he's like everybody hide put at the table hide, I'm going to have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to act like a crazy crazy person here. <laughs> yeah. Playing, crazy playing, cocky person. <laughs> playing playing games and drinking my mead. Yeah. And this whole oh, army comes into the into the camp and they're just like why isn't anybody here this is like an army camp and he's just like i don't know what you're talking about but you want a drink yeah he's just like sup what are you doing here like just it out do my own thing <laughs> and it works like, like oh yeah they were here and then they were like this is stupid we're leaving and i was like i don't want to do that so i just stayed yeah and they're all like well that sounds pretty cool all right peace cool. out talk to you later yep and then Fight he goes later. and murders no. them all. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. But at least, like, with Rowan's character, though, like, through all his struggles, like, he does get his happy ending, though, in this, like... Oh, he makes out like a bandit. <laughs> man! And he doesn't get, like, super permanently, like, maimed or any, in any way. Like, nope. I mean, he... I mean, it's because, ma- like, there's magic in this world, so he gets healed a lot. But, and he like... Gets, and he gets saved several times by his cousins, like, yeah. magical wards and stuff, but, like... He also, he oh. takes his hits. He he, he gets Ooh. hurt a lot. Like, a yeah. lot, a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, no. He does get to actually rescue Katrina, and they get to live together happily. They actually do get to get married. <laughs> Somehow have it, be able to squeeze the wedding. They have wedding. a baby. Yes, and a baby. And that, they really do squeeze in that wedding, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, an hour after a huge, like, dramatic battle. <laughs> Yeah, and Look, it's everybody's time, reasonably <laughs> traumatized. Okay, we'll have yeah. a wedding now. It's fine. Yes, mm-hmm. and then Warren's just like not on the day of my wedding. Yeah, <laughs> not today. <laughs> Aragon's just got to ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, but Roran does end up like him and Aragon end up like eventually having like that heart to heart and like eventually be able to they they make peace. Mm-hmm. And they make peace pretty quickly, too, because, like, Roar never even punches Aragon in his dumb face, you know? Yeah, which... There's never even any of that. Which would have been appropriate. And I yeah. think it's just, you know, it would have been appropriate. Um, again, not that any of that was really Aragon's fault. No. But, you know, there's a lot of feelings, very, a lot of very valid feelings. Yeah. Um, and I think, and Roran doesn't learn that Aragon is a dragon rider for a good f- fair bit. He mm, thinks he's yeah. just run away from the village. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he starts to hear tell of a new new rider and dragon, and and then later on, like the names get used, and he's just like, "No, like, that's stupid." Excuse me, yeah. <laughs> but then when they finally meet back, he's like, "Oh, that's crazy." Yeah, and he's um, like, "So he I, understands that mm-hmm. there's responsibilities there, but like, 
Well, should we talk about our queen? <laughs> Let's you, go. I'll let you. I'll let you take the lead on on our queen. <laughs> on our queen. <laughs> on our our literal our literal and also figurative queen. Yes, but also literal queen. Aswada, like Aswada. When we first meet her, because we meet her towards the end ish, I guess, of the first book, and she's just mm-hmm. she's the daughter of the leader of the Varden. And you almost kind of... That's all. Yeah, you're like, I guess maybe she's kind of pretty. Don't know what she does. Like, that's kind of like Aragon, I think, thinks of her like, who is this chick? Like, like she seems like she's pretty chill. Like, yeah. she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's just like talking with and hanging out with Sephira. Like, yeah. no big deal. Mm-hmm. But then... Like, your dragon's so pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm just, I'm just here. So you're just like, oh, boy. You know, wonder what they're trying to set up with that. But then you have the huge battle at the end of the first book and everything. And then, like she actually fights in that battle like you're like oh she okay. yeah. she's just not like just the daughter of the leader of the varden like you know she can she can fight too she can handle her own and she's also pretty young too like is she like maybe a couple years older than aragon i can't remember exactly, yeah but... she's like roran's age or mm-hmm. something she's still a teenager but like an older teenager yeah so like that happens and stuff and then like throughout her story like her father gets murdered and so which of course, is obviously very upsetting for her and everything, but then it turns to, well, the Varden is like the resistance against the king. Like, who is going to lead them? And of course, then there's lots of politics in this, lots of manipulation about, oh, there's a council who's like, who can we manipulate to take on this role? And, you know, oh, what about his daughter? You know, she doesn't do much, clearly, is what they think. They're like, you know, she's not smart enough. She's a good, like, figure, yeah. figurehead. Yeah. They're like, you know, it's a good face. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> it, it'll be fine. And Aragon's like, because there's a whole thing, too, where, like, he swears his loyalty to her because he's like, I trust you. You're going to make the right decisions or, you know, we can support each other the best we can. But ooh, everybody really underestimated her. She becomes a force to be reckoned with. She really <laughs> grows up quickly. Like, it's like, yes, I'm taking yes. my job seriously. Like, I will be. She's the best handling leader. a whole army. <laughs> the politics between races. Like, she's got this. Yeah. She and- has this. She. she makes all the tough calls like but she's just so smart about so many of those things and she is thinks so carefully about everything but trying to like mix in like trying to deal with all the politics but dealing like what is actually best for everyone in this situation and Mm -hmm. what will actually help the Mm -hmm. martyrs succeed it's just and it's something that i'm glad didn't happen but it's something that she thinks about because with the varden they end up later on um staying with uh oh i'm uh the king 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 Oren? Yeah. Staying with him and stuff. And like, she's like, well... Oren? Oh, crud. I forgot. Oren? Continue. Yeah, I think it's Oren. That sounds right. Yeah. Who is a human and who is like, his kingdom is like one of them that has like continually resisted Galbatorix's reign or like outside of uh, Galbatorix's area that's under his control. And at one mm-hmm. point she's like, we're not really agreeing on things. And she thinks about at one point like well, what if we get married? Would that be better to, like, try to join forces? And I'm like, oh, no, girl. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. She's like, I mean, he's not, like, ugly. Yeah. He's not, you know, and like, he's not uninteresting. Yeah. Like, he's kind of nerdy <laughs> with his experiments and stuff. I guess it's kind of kind of cute, but... Like, it's eh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then... But she's like, but she's like, I think he's going to try to wear the pants, and I just can't have that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> He doesn't know what he's doing. I can't have that. And I'm like, smart move. Smart move for so many Thank reasons. Thank God. Because poor Nasuada, like, she she has these 
crazy responsibilities. <laughs> like, oh my god. But she also she wants to also like get married and have kids and live like the normal woman's life someday. Um, which respect. Like the world is ending around her and you know, she never, ever, ever, ever lets that come before mm-hmm. her everything else in her life. But those are things that she wants, too. And they explore that a little bit. And she's just kind of like, well, <laughs> yeah. not this girl. Yeah, she's not like, for me. She's like, I wish, but the people need me to do these things. We have to do this in order to. Yep. But. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she's just such. And she's also one of the main characters that we do actually get to see a lot what's going on with her. Like we need to follow her along in later mm-hmm. books and like. All the things she deals with, I mean, she really becomes a force to be reckoned with in the sense, like, that I think, like, the kind of, like, tribe or something that, like, her, like, her family was from, like, her father was from, like, comes at one point, and they're like, oh, well, you're the leader of the Varden, but, like, who says we have to listen to We're the to leader you? of you, yeah. so. <laughs> like, deal with it, and then they have this crazy challenge, and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I have no choice, and I have to survive, where... The trial of the long is it trial of the long knives? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which and they oh. basically just like stand there in their in their underclothes and just kind of like take turns cutting their arms. Uh huh. And then basically just <laughs> whoever whoever lasts is longest. conscious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whoever's still standing um, the longest, they win whatever it is that they're working at, and she wins. Mm-hmm. Much to the chagrin of the rest of the tribe but she wins and she becomes not only the leader of the varden but the leader of her people too mm-hmm. which is not such a big deal for her she's like good like give me your money yeah <laughs> but it's also just we like we need your money yeah. please give me your money <laughs> yeah yes because they're just like ah oh, crud okay yeah. it's fine <laughs> but it just um, gives her so much more respect too of just being like it, oh she, and that yeah. that goes a long ways too because that story gets told and and she has these those terrible scars up and down her arm. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, and, and you know, with magic, they could like heal the scars. They could they could have saved her from all the pain that the cuts were causing. But um, by using magic to do any of that, even after that challenge is over, she would be forfeiting the challenge. Mm-hmm. And she continued to live with the scars and everything just to prove that no, I I know what I'm doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, and she's also put in so many difficult situations, like. We didn't really... Constantly. We ha- yeah. Like, especially, like, when the Urgles approach her, which the Urgles is another race, and that's actually, like, they were under control under Galvatorix, but under, like, the Shade or whatever, and they're, mm-hmm. like, the group that killed her father. Amongst a lot of other people. Yes. They're very, mm-hmm. like, yes. bloodthirsty, war-driven people. Um, Like, they'll mm-hmm. go ravage human um, villages just, like, so they are allowed to get married within like their species yeah. and stuff uh and she gets that that unfortunate responsibility of deciding to ally themselves with the urgles mm-hmm. which makes her a very not popular person for a while but then she she uses her pieces to help with that she sends Roran, you know who is very very highly respected she sends him off with the mm-hmm. urgles she sends aragon off with the urgles and they hate the Urgles a lot because the Urgles are who who ultimately have killed uh, Aragon's uncle and Roran's dad. Mm-hmm. On top of the other atrocities that they've done as a people, but they form relationships with the Urgles too because the Urgles also know that you know all the other species in Alagazia they're trying to form this better world of unity and peace and stuff, and 
if they don't try to change as a as a species like their culture and stuff they're only mm-hmm. going to become extinct basically because they will have to all be put down um and i like what a real story that is <laughs> that's yeah. that's deep that's that's some stuff right there yeah for real and with also with like the urgles they explained too like they were like forced to do galvatorx's bidding like they were under his control so like they also come to be like we want to joined we forces with you as well too. because we are revenge mm-hmm. but like we will also respect you too like but you know it's your decision to make but yeah no way naswada is able to just like bring all these races together but it's yeah it's not a freaking easy thing to do and she gets presented with many of those other challenges too of other races that come together as well to be like we want to <laughs> join forces but you have to do this and this <laughs> and how like how many times does she say like what else would you have me do then <laughs> that poor girl (laughs) oh my gosh and everybody's just like ah nothing (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) she's like then get off my back (laughs) Mm -hmm. in a polite way (laughs) yes as as polite as she wants to be but but behind the scenes she just yeah but she also kind of wins in the end too so oh yeah yeah comes an actual yeah she she becomes (laughs) the queen of the land at the end yep and through a vote, not even because she wanted to be, through a vote. Mm-hmm. Yes, which thank goodness she was the one that became queen. But also like, and that—that's why she's our queen. Yep. But even right before that, like she dealt with a lot of crap too because she was kidnapped. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Under like in Galbatorx's castle and just the last yeah the whole last book she gets she gets kidnapped and tortured beyond tortured body and and mind both it's a whole thing you get lots of chapters where she's going through that and i feel so bad for her because like she goes through all of this stuff and then like once she's freed like you never get back inside of her head and it's Mm -hmm. just like every time aragon sees her she's just like over it Mm -hmm. like she continues to lead and like does her job but like she is just over it (laughs) oh wow yeah Mm -mm. I think this may be a good point for us to stop and take a break. Yeah. Kind of ending our episode on a high note, talking about our queen, Naswada. We have plenty more to discuss of the Inherited Cycle series. Thanks so much for listening to this part one of the conversation. We will be releasing part two next week in our in-between weeks, so make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss out. As always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PodDemastered. We're also on YouTube as well. And you can always send us an email. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want us to cover in the future, you can email us at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode, and we hope you tune into part two next week. <laughs>